wow, I am excited about what God is doing. What favor the Lord has given to his church during this crisis time. I'm so thankful for how God has blessed and multiplied and he is working to provide, to make way in your life, my life, the church life, the communities that we're in. I think about all the various things God has done over the last couple of weeks and I just, I just absolutely am so overwhelmed and thankful for the blessings that the Lord has provided for us. So I give God glory for that. And it's a joy to bring this word to you each day. So, and I thank you for tuning in, for being a part of it. You know, some of you, you know, you might be, you know, listening to it while you're driving down the road, uh, going to work, or you're doing the dishes, or washing clothes, or making the beds, or cleaning the rooms, or just dealing with your kids. You're just trying to listen to a little bit. My prayer is that you get at least a word from God during the time that we share together. I know we don't have a lot of time to do this, but I'm just, I'm just thankful for the Lord's opportunities and how he's just opened doors for us and, and for all of you that join with us. And again, I said this yesterday and I want to say it again today. If the Lord has done something or if you've received a blessing from the Lord in some way, would you share that with us? Would you go to jubileeworshipcenter.com and share it? I'd love for you to connect with us. In fact, I'm praying and believing that in just a few short weeks, we'll be able to have the church doors open again. And when we do, I hope and pray that you'll be a part of it. I hope that you're sharing this with your friends and people that you care about and, and, and people that are connected to your life so that when we have the, the day of celebration, that which, which supposedly could happen as early as, as the first week of May, Man, if that happens, I tell you what, I hope you'll be there because I tell you, it's going to be a celebration like no other. We are going to see great things happen. I'm just looking forward to that. And I know, I know some of you right now are going through difficulties and, and I know that you're struggling and we're doing our part. Uh, I, I want to thank those that were participating in the, uh, uh, with the food bank that we shared on Wednesday. We were able to uh, give food away to people and I'm, I'm thankful for the National Guard who were a part of the distribution and, and, and just being connected to that. I want to thank Gina Maldonado for uh, getting that put together, making sure that that happened and, and allowing our church to be a part of that. I tell you, we got some great people here at Jubilee Worship Center. And it's exciting to see what God is doing and how God is using them. So I want to thank you because without your support, without your prayer, none of those things could happen. But yet we see God. And I'm just thankful for this. So would you, would you with me, would you just, just join with me in an opening prayer this morning? Let's just give God thanks. Father, thank you. Thank you for doing what you do, what you do best, God. You know, you know how to give good gifts to your children. You know how to honor your people. Lord, as we walk in obedience to you, we, Lord, can see your hand at work. And Lord, in, in all the things that are going on, we're watching as you bless and multiply. And God, I love that about you. God, you did it in the Bible. You took, you know, you took a few fish and, and a few loaves of bread and you fed over 5,000 people. And God, how that you do the same thing, Lord, even today. You take the little things, God, and you do great things with it. And Lord, I thank you because, God, I know that that's what you're doing with Jubilee Worship Center. I know that's what you're doing with your people.
God, in each of them. I know sometimes they don't think it, they don't see it. God, that's what you're doing. There's no telling what you will do. Lord, when we just commit our heart and life to you. But I'm thankful, God, because we have your word on it. So bless our time today, God, I pray. Use us to speak life into people right now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we want to talk about uh, seven principles of failing forward. Now, we've been talking about failure. We've been talking about the, the negative side of failure and, and the danger of failure and how you know when failure comes and what to do, you know, when it happens. And we've been using it and, re- and reflectively looking at Joshua chapter 7 and 8 as uh, Joshua was dealing with the children of Israel and their failure when they attacked Ai. And then we saw later that God honored them and helped them to succeed because they followed what God wanted. They finally put God in the picture there's such a danger of not bringing God into things, of just thinking we can just do it because we've done it before. Don't do that to yourself. Don't think that just because you did it in the past, you can do it in the future. Don't do that. Always ask God. Always go to the Lord. That's the key. We need to go to God. See, when you understand how failure happens and you understand when it takes place, you understand that there is a need for us to cry out to God. There's a need for the mercy of God. There's a need uh, for, uh, of giving grace, of, of crying out and believing God. So when that happens, do that. Don't waller in your failure. If you fall down, get up. Get up. Why? Because God can use you. God's not done. In fact, instead of falling backwards and failing backwards, we want to fail forward. So let's, let's take a look at that as we, as we go into the Word of God today. And again, as we, as we have read in, in, in Joshua, and we've looked in Joshua, and we've, we saw what God has been doing in Joshua, and how that the Lord has blessed uh, Joshua because of his obedience to the Lord, I want us to, again, just take a look at this and, and realize and see what it is that God's saying. So the Lord, the Lord tells Joshua in Joshua 8, he says, don't be afraid or discouraged. All right? Don't be afraid or discouraged. But take all your fighting men and attack. Now, that shows me right there that God has given a promise. When God promises to do something, He wants us to fulfill it. So what does He do? He says, well, I don't want you to waller in that that failure. Instead, what I want you to do is I want you to move forward. So let me give you seven things to help you to fail forward, okay? Number one, reject rejection reject rejection you know achievers who preserve do not base their self-worth on their performance on the contrary they have a healthy self-image that's not dictated by eternal external events when they fall short rather than landing themselves uh, labeling themselves a failure they learn from the mistake and they allow god to use it all right, not to judge them, but instead to help them. So reject the rejection. Don't allow rejection. Don't allow that. You know, when you fail, fail forward. Look, look and say, wait a minute, God, God's not done with me yet. Just because I fail doesn't mean that it's over. Instead, the second thing you ought to do, not only do you reject rejection, the second thing is don't, don't point fingers. When people fail, they're often tempted to blame others. That's the temptation, right? Well, it's because of someone else. 
because we didn't succeed. We want to point fingers at other people and we go into this victim mentality and, 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 and instead of looking at God and what God can do with it, we tend to point fingers at other people and, and we, we get into this, this you know, victim status, this victim mindset. And, and we, seed, you know, we seed our fate uh, to outsiders and we say, well, it's their fault. When we play the blame game, people rob themselves of learning from their own failures. You rob yourself. You alienate others by refusing to take responsibility for your mistakes. In other words, what you're doing is, is that when you, to, to fail forward means I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it look like it's everybody else's fault. No, instead, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some real serious examination of who I am and what I'm doing, what's causing this, why, where did this come from, why it, you know, it, it could be as simple as just making some adjustments in my prayer life. It could be as simple as, as just learning how to stand on the Word of God when, when at other times we weren't. It, it could be that simple. But don't point fingers. Don't point fingers at people. Don't let people, outsiders, don't let them be the ones, all right, that stop you. Instead, look to God. The other thing is, you need to see failure as something that's strictly temporary, all right? When you, when you personalize failure, all right, when you personalize it, you see failure as a problem as a whole, and, and, and that uh, hole is, is something that you permanently get stuck in, all right? The other side of that, though, is a person that, that doesn't personalize it, a person that says, you know what, I'm going, to, I'm going to allow failure to catapult me into something else, they see that, people that, that are like that, see it as a situation that is temporary, not permanent. One mindset wallows in failure while the other looks at it and looks forward and says, you know what? It's just a temporary setback for me in the, in the path of my success. Putting mistakes in perspective allows us to be able to see failure as a momentary event. You know, if, if, if Joshua... If Joshua would have allowed this event in his life to stop him, they'd have never entered into the promised land. But instead, what he did was he went to God and said, God, look, I know something's wrong here. Something's not right. And, and instead, of it, instead of him pointing fingers, instead of him looking at it as a permanent issue, he realizes that this momentary event doesn't have to be a symptom of a lifelong epidemic in my life. It can, in fact, be something that God can use to bring about change so that I can see God move miraculously in my life, which is exactly what, what Joshua and the Israelites experienced. So don't see it as a permanent thing. See it as, see it as temporary. Then the other thing is set realistic expectations. If you are experiencing failure right now, set step back and set realistic expectations. You know, sometimes people set goals that are so beyond 
reaching, that there's, it's just not going to happen. And you have, you, know, you have to set goals, but you have to set them with, with honest expectations. In other words, unreal, unrealistic goals, they can doom a person to failure. I mean, you know, if you, if you uh, start a new job and you don't know nothing about that job and all of a sudden your goal is, I'm going to be the president of, the, of this company in the next two years, that's probably going to be real unrealistic. You, you don't know nothing about the job. You just started out. But if you say, you know what, I'm going to start this job and I'm going to be the best employee I can be and I'm going to look for opportunities to, to, uh, to move up in this company and I'm going to work toward that and I'm going to find out what it is, that's a good goal, all right? But so in other words, don't be unrealistic. Uh, if a person hasn't exercised for five years and, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you say, well, I'm going to start going to the gym and, and next month I'm going to run the marathon. Chances are you're probably, in a month, you're probably not going to do it, especially if you're only going to go to the gym twice a week, all right? That's not going to happen. But if you will be persistent, if you will set goals every day, if you'll say, you know what, I'm going to lose two pounds a day or a week for the next 30 weeks, what's that? That's 60 pounds. In 30 weeks, you could lose 60 pounds. That's a realistic goal. That's something you could achieve. I know that to be true because I did it myself. In fact, I did it without even trying. I just simply made some adjustments in my life. Everyone fails, all right? Everyone fails. You fa- I failed. So the, the point is, is that you have to expect that there are going to be setbacks in your life and that there are going to be times when you are going to have to emotionally prepare yourself to deal with the things that go on, but you don't have to let that become the norm of your life. You can learn from it just like Joshua learned from it. And he learned how that, that God can use those things in his life to move him, to move him into the next thing that God wants to do. The next thing I think you need to realize is that when failure comes to fail forward, you have to focus on your strengths. You know, don't invest time, all right, shoring up flaws in your life that are not going to help you. Learn how to operate your life in your strengths. You know, one of the things I've, I've learned as I've, as I've gone on in life, and especially as I've, I've pastored, one of the things I've realized is that there are some things I'm not good at. And that's okay. But there are some things I'm very good at and I'm very talented in and I need to learn how to focus there. And I need to allow others who are better at things than I am to focus there. All right? That becomes important because that's what we need. People operate operate best from their strengths, not from their failures they operate best when you're strong so so you know when we spend too much time trying to shore up our weaknesses we're wasting a lot of time you need to learn how to practically look at things and say you know what be honest about it you know what i'm not real good at at all this live streaming stuff but i am thankful for people like susan for brad uh, for sarai for my son uh, for other people I'm not good at audio stuff, but I'm thankful for guys like Jose and, and, and for uh, Max, uh, Miracle. I, I, I'm thankful for people, Moses. I'm, I'm thankful for people that know how to take my shortcomings and build them up. You know what? When you do that, when you do that, you see God move you into places you never thought you would. All right? So, so 
learn how to focus on your strengths. Don't focus on your weaknesses. You're built to give your talents to the world. So be diligent about finding expressions for them in your life, in your career, whatever it is you do for the kingdom of God. The next thing is, I think you need to vary approaches to achievement. There, there, needs to be, there needs to be different ways to approach. You know, there's not one way. Uh, there's a, a in, in the psychology of achievement, uh, Brian Tracy, he writes about four millionaires who made their fortune by the age of 35. On average, these achievers were involved in 17 businesses before finding the one that took them over the top. So think about that. They, they were doing 17 other things before they found the one thing that allowed them to make it to millionaire status. Now, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, becoming a millionaire, uh, I probably never will be. It's just not my life, life achievement dream. It's not my, but it may be some of you. Some of you may have that as a goal in your life. Say, man, I, I, want to be, I want to be retired by the time I'm 55 or, or by the time I'm 35. See, you have to understand that if you don't, if you don't try various things, you're never going to know. Some people, you know, they don't want to do anything in the kingdom of God because uh, they're, they're afraid. Well, you, they're afraid that they're not going to measure up. They're afraid they're not going to do it. You know, God's given you gifts and talents. And you've got to be willing to try them. You know, you, you may not be the best at one thing, but that doesn't mean you're not good at something else. It doesn't mean that you don't have talents to do other things. You've got to learn how to find them. So approach them from different angles. Approach things from different places. Don't let one thing uh, that you experience stop you from doing all that God, all that God has called you to achieve. Because you have something special that God wants to do in your life. And you need to dream those things, and you need to see them. And just because you failed at one thing doesn't mean God says, oh, you're not going to fail. You won't fail over here. You'll, you'll, you'll make it over here. You've got to learn to achieve. You've got to learn to set yourself up for those things. The other thing is I think it's important for you to bounce back. You know, as we talked over the, the course of this week, we've talked about how that sometimes failure causes people to stop what they're doing and, and not want to move forward. And even, even for Joshua, you know, he cried out, God, what happened? You know, I don't get it. Uh, you know, people lost their lives because of the decision that they made to go in there. And, and, and he's, now he's, he was questioning God. God, why? Well, you know, you gotta, there, there comes a moment when you have to kind of go back and you got to, you know, kind of look back over some of the things uh, that happened. And when you do that, a lot of times rehearsing the missteps of your life, the blunders, uh, oftentimes they tend to sabotage your life. They eat away at your self-confidence and, and your confidence even in the things of God. Well, if I failed here and I thought it was God's will for my life, I wonder what happens if I try this over here. You know, when dealing with failure, you know, those who uh, end up finding success and finding how to fail forward, they, they it's interesting how that their memories are real short. Um, they, don't, they don't get stuck and rehearse the same thing over and over and over again. Instead, what they do is they quickly forget the negative, the negative side of things and the negative setbacks, and they begin to press forward. It's kind of like what Paul said, right, in Philippians. He said, forgetting those things which are behind me, I press toward the mark. He said, not that I've attained everything, not that I've achieved everything, not that I've been a success in everything, but Paul didn't stop there. 
What he did was, he said, look, I'm going to look, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to move forward. Uh, I'm amazed. I, I think about our, our president and the current situation that we're in. And that, this is not a political speech by no means, but I just want you to think. You know, here's a man that experienced bankruptcy numerous times in his business career where he, he lost, it looked like he lost everything, just experienced bankruptcies over and over again, more than one time. Some people will look at it and say, oh, that man's a failure. We don't want nothing to do with him. But think about this. That man's failures didn't stop him from succeeding and being successful. He's still a multi-billionaire. Well, I thought about that. Isn't it interesting that he's in the position he is right now, even though we're coming to an election, but he is in a position right now to take a nation. Look, look where, where our economy has gone over the last few years since he's been the president. You know, we had record numbers in, of, of employment, record numbers in the stocks, record numbers of people coming back, of companies coming back to America working and all these things. And then all of a sudden the COVID, uh, this virus comes in and it seems like everything's crashed. Now we've got 20 million people out of work. We've got uh, unprecedented uh, things going on in the stock market, you know, and, and in just a short moment. And yet it's under, the, under this president who knows what it's like to have setbacks, knows what it's like to have failures. And yet the reality is he knows how to bounce back. He knows how to move things forward again. So I'm, I'm confident that, you know, that the way things are, even though it doesn't look right for us right now, I am confident in what God has done. And the Bible says because God is the one who puts people in authority. God's the one who puts people in positions. You know, it comes from God. It doesn't come from men. Yeah, we vote for them, but the truth of the matter is God's the one. I don't think it's coincidental that he's the president right now. I think it's important for us to understand that. But that's just one example of what happens is, is, is if you have someone who understands that, you know what, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let my failure keep me down. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look up and realize that, you know what, there's still a possibility for good things to come. There's still a possibility for great things to happen. So what I'm saying is this. I believe that it's nearly impossible for any person to believe that he or she is a failure and move forward at the same time. You can't think of yourself as a failure and, and, and take steps forward. Those who have been downsized, let go, bankrupted, the temptation is always to internalize failure. But my hope is, is that anyone who has suffered a setback recently, like we've been dealing with, uh, you can separate life's unfortunate events from your self-worth. For failure like death and taxes, it's going to happen, all right? But your response to failure holds the key to your future. How we respond to this event going on in our culture right now, going on in our world, going on in our state, going on in our cities. How we respond to that is going to determine the outcomes. So, like Joshua, what did he do? He went to prayer. He prayed. He said, God, what is it I need to do? What is it I need to change? You and I need to do the same. We need to go to God and say, God, what is it? We need to learn to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and recognize what's happening and learn from it so that we can move forward. We can bounce back. 
We can be, go beyond the moment we're in, the moment of failure, and realize that failure is simply another stepping stone for me. I think about, I think about Thomas Edison who invented the light bulb. I think about how many times, thousands of times he failed. But he said, that was thousands of times I learned how not to do something. That, that's a different outlook, isn't it? Failure teaches us, now I know not to do it that way. I'm going to do it different this time. And the difference is, I'm going to let God, like Joshua, I'm going to let God lead me into this like he led me when we crossed over the Jordan and we conquered Jericho. The one thing that was different then as it was when we went into AI was the fact that we didn't ask God. We didn't ask him. Don't take another step. Don't take another move. Don't make another move until you first seek the Lord. Seek him while he may be found. If you do, I promise you this. He'll reveal to you the steps that you should take because his word says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his ways. Let's pray. Father, help us, teach us, Lord, to fail forward. Teach us from this lesson in, in failure, God, to understand that, Lord, failure is not final. Failure is not the dictate of our life. Failure doesn't have to be the hole we dig ourselves into. But instead, God, it can be a stepping stone to build us, God, and strengthen us and to help us and to teach us, Lord, your ways so that we can walk in them. Father, I pray right now that you'll help us to see those things. Open our eyes, God, to see that, that there's life beyond failure, that there's hope beyond failure, that there's grace given, and that, God, that we can move from our strengths. You've strengthened us. You've taught us things. We've learned things, God. And from that, God, we can move to the next level in our lives. As a church, as individuals, we can move forward, God, because you are with us. Your, your word tells us, God, you won't leave us and won't forsake us, but you'll help us each day to move into a path, God, that is... is I shared this, God, at the funeral. We, we, do not, we do not get to choose the course of life, but we do get to choose whether or not we're going to run the race. So, Lord, help us to run it with dignity. Help us to run it with our eyes fixed upon you. As Paul said, I press toward the mark, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That is what we look forward to. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining with me today for Shelter Daily in His Word.